friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the sunny side of sports. Samson O'Malley kicks off Friday's show with a spicy package of African sports news. And Samson says he'll begin in the Egyptian capital. Sporty Friday greetings, Samson. Sporty Friday greetings to you, Sonny. We begin the wrap of Africa sports highlights, previewing the weekend sports action in Cairo, where the Confederation of African Football has postponed the Chan Algeria 2023 qualification draw, initially scheduled for Friday the 29th of April 2022. CAF, in a short statement released on its website, said a new date for the draw will be communicated to all interested parties in due course. The draw was to hold in Morocco alongside that for the African Women Nations Cup. In the meantime, CAF President Patrice Musepe has launched the CAF African Schools football program in Maputo, Mozambique. The kickoff of the CAF African Schools football program is the implementation of one of Musepe's Africa Youth Football Development Objectives as announced in April 2021 during a visit in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire. The CAF African Schools football program is a partnership involving CAF, African governments and football associations from 41 participating countries. The program also involves the provision of education, coaching, football and skills development courses. One of the greatest investments we can make in African football is in schools football. We could not have chosen a better place to uh, show and reflect the commitment of investment in, in schools football, which is the heart and soul of the future and the development of African football. Former Rangers, Liverpool and Bolton star El Haji Diop says the World Cup is not the same as the African Cup of Nations. Reigning African champions Senegal as well as Ghana, Morocco, Cameroon and Tunisia will represent the continent at the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar later this year. Former Senegalese forward Diop, twice named African Footballer of the Year, says the Taranga Lions may be rated as the best team in Africa. He has cautioned the reigning African champions to approach their opponents at the World Cup with a mentality to win. I know more the Senegalese team, but uh, everyone thinks Senegal gonna 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 flying like this in the World Cup. A World Cup is not an African Nation Cup, it's another level. It's a big level. At the World Cup, you're gonna play against like the best player in the world. And when you're playing against the best player in the world, you have to take game after game. It's not like the African Nation Cup when everyone thinking Senegal is the best team in Africa and we have the best team in Africa. But for this World Cup, the first game we have in uh, Holland. You know, Peba, we're going to have Holland. Uh, they have a good players. We just want to have a good result, you know. And uh, after we're going to play uh, Equator and Qatar. And for that game, we should to, we have to win. And uh, like what they say, every time I'm talking to my boys, hey, you have to write your proper history. And they're ready to do it because they play for the big team right now. But I think Senegal have a big time chance to reach again the quarterfinal. Still on Senegal, Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp says winning the Champions League will boost Sadio Mane's chances of victory in this year's Ballon d'Or. Mane led Senegal to the African Cup of Nations title in February and a month later helped secure a place for his country at the World Cup. Mane is also still competing on three fronts with Liverpool in the Premier League, the FA Cup and the Champions League. 
and club things, success in Europe's top club competition will give Mane the advantage in the Ballon d'Or voting. He plays an outstanding season, Sadio is an outstanding player. I have nothing to do with the Ballon d'Or nomination and all these kind of things. I don't understand it really 100%. Um, he's world class. Historically, you have to win something to win the Ballon d'Or. I think most of the time, boss like this, if you're not Messi or Ronaldo, you have to win probably the Champions League, which we didn't do yet. So give us a few more weeks and then we will see. And on to South Africa, where Mamelodi Sundowns are the South African champions. Sundowns lifted the championship title for the fifth time in a row and a historical 12 times since the inception of the PSL. The 2016 CAF Champions League winners have now won more titles than Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates combined, who have won four each in the PSL era, which began in 1996. Uganda's Dennis Onyango also made history by being the first player in the league to win nine league titles. He won three with Supersport United between 2008 and 2011 and the other six with Sundowns. As a player, and of course winning my ninth league title in the PSL is incredible. But most importantly is that uh, the club did well, the players did well in terms of staying focused. Uh, it's never going to be easy uh, in the league. But uh, winning it with five games to go was incredible. And for me, I thank everyone who was behind me, uh, pushing me during the difficult times. It's been a very difficult season for me. Uh, having a broken finger, uh, coming back and getting injured again on the quad, hamstring. So it's been a very difficult season. But uh, being able to lead the team all the way to winning the ancient eight and the league title, it's amazing. Mamelodi Sundown's co-coach is Rulani Mukwena. It is just a reflection of who we are and where the club wants to go. And, and of course, when you when you set that type of standard where you, you just strive only for perfection, you just strive only to win things, of course, it's cutthroat. And now to golf. The 2022 Captain's Bell Golf Championship will tee off on the 5th to the 7th of May at the Par 72 Uganda Golf Club in Kampala City. The championship is meant to honor newly elected captain Emmanuel Wamala. The Captain's Bell Tournament is an annual event hosted by the Ugandan Golf Club where the newly elected captain hosts members in the tournament and unveils his new committee at the beginning of his term in office. Paul Rukondo is the competition secretary of the Ugandan Golf Club. This event definitely attracts the best pros that we have in the country. Uh, we'll be expecting Ronald Rugumayo to, to fight in order to defend his title. He played a gross of uh, 169 last year, which is really good. He represented us at the Magical Kenya Open this year, and uh, he did really well. So uh, we expect him to put up a tough fight to defend his title. still have it as uh, a medal event, uh, which is uh, the standard, the gold standard. And now to athletics, where Kenya has launched what appears to be the richest marathon in Africa. Organizers of the inaugural Uhuru Classic Nairobi City Marathon on May 8th have set aside $389,500 as prize money. The male and female winners for the full marathon will pocket around $60,000, making the competition Africa's most lucrative road race. In Paralympic sports, ahead of the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, England, one of Uganda London's wheelchair racing star Richard Ochira will be taking part in a training camp in South Africa ahead of the Games. Ochira, who features in the 100, 800 and 1,500 meter races, will enter camp with virtually impaired Fred Moisisa as the two look forward to winning Commonwealth Games medals. I will not leave this racing, I will not leave wheelchair racing 
if I don't bring medal home. I won gold medal. In cricket news, Namibia hosted Uganda and Zimbabwe, in which they suffered a seven-wicket defeat to Zimbabwe in the final of the Capricorn Tri-Nation Series in Winhook. Namibia won four and lost three of their matches during the series this week. The coach of the women's cricket team, Capricorn Eagles, Francois Van der Meer, says he is very proud of the team's performance, describing their progress in the last 18 months as commendable, even though he says there's still room for improvement. I'm giving them time off now, so basically they're going to have two weeks off, um, rest those bodies, and then we start preparing for Netherlands, Netherlands and Germany. So I want to take a strong squad there. Um, I think we really need to go and compete well there, so uh, we want to get the results. And then we're sitting with a lot of under-19s playing for us as well. We've got um, um, World Cup qualifiers coming up in September, so we want to take these under-19s through. And it just shows you the future is bright for Namibian cricket, for, for women's cricket especially. That's Francois van der Merv the head coach of Namibia's national women's cricket team. And thanks to Samson Omale for that extra spicy package of African sports news. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Next, what is the impact of Moscow's invasion of Ukraine on Latin America? Can Washington capitalize on Moscow's malign actions and help strengthen democracies in the region? And why has the immigration debate in America been reduced to two Trump-era border policies, which the Biden administration would like to phase out? Two Latin American experts analyze this and more. That's Encounter this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Friends, sports greetings. This is Milutin Micho Sredovic, coach of Uganda Cranes. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. How will the five African teams do at this year's FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar? We'll have some analysis, but first, our friend in Kampala, Magume Davis Rakawinch kicks things off with comments from the FIFA president before the recent World Cup draw in Qatar. What an emotion it is to be here in front of you. Now it's getting serious. Now we know that it is for real. Now the World Cup is going to start. We are here. The greatest show on earth which will have spectators here in Qatar and over 5 billion people watching it from home. The world will be united in Qatar. FIFA President Giovanni Vincenzo Infantino addressed the cheering crowd ahead of the draw. He said he hoped the World Cup will evoke peace throughout the world. For manager international Augustin Azuka Okocha, common known as JJ Okocha, was among the soccer legends that participated in the draw. He said he'll be looking forward to African champions Senegal at the finals. We're excited, you know, um, we believe we can compete now. Uh, we've been improving over the years and uh, we can't wait for it to start. Senegal was placed in Group A alongside hosts Qatar, Ecuador and European giants, the Netherlands. Tunisia was placed in Group D alongside defending champions France and specified intercontinental playoff winner and Denmark. Another North African giants, Morocco, will play Belgium Canada and Croatia in Group F, while Cameroon plays record World Cup winners, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland in Group G. Sports analyst 
Leon Senyange. Since Minnesota fans around the globe will be looking forward for a repeat of Rusualizi Uruguay and West Africans Ghana in Group H alongside Portugal and South Korea. I still have this confidence that Morocco can, um, well, uh, at least advance from this particular group. It is very, very possible. They have the kind of football that can uh, see them advance from, from the group. As for Ghana, um, of course, for many, the most exciting of match that uh, many will be talking about is the Ghana-Uruguay contest again. The ghosts of 2010 coming back alive, and uh, we'll look forward to that kind of contest. Uh, but uh, on the whole, um, just as much, and pretty much like Cameroon, they have a very tricky task. In that contest in South Africa, the only World Cup to be held on African continent, Suarez used his hand to stop a goal which would have taken Ghana the semi-finals as the two teams were 1-1 in the dying minutes of the game. Uruguay went on to win the game on penalties. Senyangi says will be rooting for African champion Senegal. Sports analyst Felix Gakuba Romario from Rwanda also says he believes the African champions, Senegal, captained by Liverpool playmaker Sadio Mane, will be a darling of many fans. Certainly, I believe that the Senegal is one of the uh, the teams that uh, people will be looking at. Uh, it is uh, with his place together with the Qatar and Liquida. Senegal has the biggest squad. Senegal has just won the, the African Cup of Nations. Senegal uh, has been together for quite a long time with their coach since 2015. So to me, I believe that the Senegal will surprise the many people, go to the next round of 16, and uh, they have a chance of even qualifying to the quarterfinals. Senyang says African teams have come of age and be forced to reckon on at this year's World Cup. But on the whole, I think African teams now have as much time to prepare for this competition. 200, over 200 days is enough for you to try and see what you can squeeze through, um, plan better. Uh, some of the challenges we've had as African teams was the ability to plan, but times have changed. So I still think that um, the teams can have a very good showing when it comes to the Qatar tournament. No African country has ever gone beyond the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And African legends like Didier Drogba have been calling on the soccer governing body, FIFA, to increase sports for African countries. How can you have a lot of chances of winning the World Cup when you only have five out of 32? Or... So when you look at the math, it's almost impossible. So we need to have more teams, uh, more African teams in, in, uh, in the competition which will give us a bit more chances to, to, to go through the, the quarterfinal or semifinal or the final. Look at Europe, they have, I think they've got 12 representatives and, and, and the other continents as well. So I would love things to move forward and, and more teams, more African teams to be represented. And, and, and I think it would be uh, a big difference. For the sunny side of sports, I am Mugume. Davis Rwakarinji Kampala, Uganda. Thanks, Magume. As Magume mentioned, Morocco will play Belgium, Canada, and Croatia in Group F at the World Cup. For some insights into that group, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted the media officer of Nigeria's Enyimba Football Club, Zazi Barisa. Of course, one would think that it's all about the underachieving Belgian team. Of course, this is a team with so much talent, so many players that um, some countries can only wish to have. 
But unfortunately, over the years, with this golden generation they are called, the Belgians have not been able to win any silverware. And that's really becoming troubling for them because um, we see them at the initial stages of tournaments. You look at the 2018 World Cup, the 2021 Euros. They have a clean sweep in the group stage, but only falter when the crucial stages come around. So this is yet another opportunity for them. Of course, they are expected to have another clean clean sweep in this particular group and um, emerge winners of this group. I wouldn't be surprised if they are able to pick all nine points as they have done in the last two major tournaments. But what would really define this Belgian side would not be what they do in the group stage, but what they do after the group stage. There is also Croatia. Of course, you want to consider them because of their exploits at the 2018 World Cup where they finished um, the second best team in that um, tournament. But so many have felt that it was just a lucky ride for Croatia at the 2018 World Cup. And the Croatians have not proved us wrong because when you look at how they fared in the major tournament after the World Cup in Russia, they, they struggled pretty much, struggled to qualify from their group and eventually got, got knocked out quite early in the knockout stages of that tournament. So looking at this, one cannot really bet on the Croatians. Canada, of course, have shown great progress as a nation in football, but in women's football and in men's football. And coming to the World Cup right now is a big achievement for them already. They, they will be coming as one of the most improved teams in the world at the moment. But I think the World Cup is a real test for them because for so many years, they haven't played any competitive game against a team outside the CONCACAF region. They haven't played a competitive game against a European team, against an African team as well. And these are the teams that they will be meeting at the World Cup. So I just wait to see how they will be able to square up against these non-CONCACAF teams. Belgium and Croatia have good teams. Why Canada's emerging form saw them book the World Cup ticket? Do you think Morocco has any chance against these teams. For Morocco, who are the African team in that group, one thing you cannot take away from them is the experience of their Bosnian coach, Vahid Halilozic. He's been around with them since after the 2019 AFCON and has been able to bring so much stability to that team. And let's not forget, this is a very experienced coach. The last time he led a team to the World Cup was in 2014 when he was coach of Algeria. Belgium were also in the same group with Algeria, so he will be facing Belgium again. But the, the story of that World Cup was how beautiful that Algerian team were. They qualified from that group which had Belgium and Russia as well, and it took the brilliance of the eventual champions, Germany, to knock them out. In fact, they dragged Germany to extra time in that round of 16 fixture. I still remember it very clearly. So they were quite fantastic. And this same coach, Halilozic, will be looking to repeat the same feat, at least with this Moroccan side. So I cannot bet against this Moroccan side. All they have to do is start on a good note in their opening game against Croatia. As a matter of fact, that's a game I think 
that they can win. And if they're able to do that, and with the way the group is shaped, a point in their last two matches might just see them through to the next round of the competition. So I really do fancy the chances of Morocco qualifying from that group. The indomitable Lions of Cameroon are in Group G with five-time champions, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland. Your take on the group? Group G has everything for the fans to look forward to, pretty much everything. Two European countries, a South American country and an African country. And in many ways, it is a typical World Cup group because you already know the two favorite teams to qualify from that group and of course the two underdogs. Zazi, in your opinion, do you think the indomitable Lions can make it from Group G? For the African team in Group G, Cameroon, unfortunately, I really do not fancy their chances. I know Samuel Erto, the FA president over there, has brought in his former captain, Rigobert Song, and inasmuch as Song has been in charge for just two games, one of those two games the game in Algeria that eventually sealed their World Cup place for them has given the Cameroonians so much hope and so much belief that uh, there is a serious project going on um, with the Indomitable Lions. But I just feel that the 2022 World Cup is coming too soon for that project to come to full manifestation. Also considering that they find themselves in a very difficult group with two teams that almost very likely will make it from that group, Brazil and Switzerland, it will be extremely difficult for the Cameroonians. When we talk about the Brazilians and the Swiss team, we are talking about teams that are very difficult to break down. And when Minos come up against these teams that are not just good teams, but are also very difficult to break down, then it's almost very unlikely that uh, there will be an upset. I will be glad if the Cameroonians can prove me wrong and upset the Swiss team and maybe the Brazilians, but I just think that this group is a bit too difficult for this promising Cameroon team to navigate. That's Zazi Barisa, the media officer of Nigeria's Anyimba Football Club, and Zazi spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Aba, Nigeria. Spotted greetings. This is Zazi Bariza, media officer of Iemba Football Club of Aba, Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Join me, Peter Clote, on the next Straight Talk Africa. I have an exclusive conversation with Yuwari Museveni, the president of Uganda for over three decades. Discuss democracy, security, and stability in Africa, and lots more. Yuwari Museveni, in his own words, Wednesday on Straight Talk Africa at 18:30 UTC. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Masai Ujiri's Toronto Raptors were eliminated by the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday night in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The 76ers humbled the Raptors on their home court in Toronto, Canada, Philadelphia beat Toronto by 35 points. 
The AP's John Letherby reports from Toronto. The Sixers had a dominant third quarter en route to a 132-97 blowout Game 6 win over the Raptors, wrapping up the series four games to two at Scotiabank Arena. After leading by just a point at the half, Philly outscored and outplayed the host 37-17 in the third quarter, all but sealing Toronto's fate. Joel Embiid came up big for the visitors, finishing with a game-high 33 points and 10 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey got a 25, while James Harden chipped in with 22. We knew for an entire four-quarter game, if we were, had that mindset defensively to be engaged and rebound the basketball, Oh, we had a pretty good chance of winning. Chris Boucher came off the bench for the Raptors. He finished with a team-high 25 points. The Sixers move on to face Miami in round number two. John Leatherby, Toronto. Thanks, John. The Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks also advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs on Thursday night with victories. The Suns eliminated the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Mavericks ousted the Utah Jazz And both Phoenix and Dallas won those best-of-seven game series four games to two. The AP's Tom Merriam reports on the victories by Phoenix and Dallas. The Phoenix Suns found a perfect way to wrap up their first-round series with the New Orleans Pelicans, winning game six, 115-109. Chris Paul shot a perfect 14-for-14 from the field to set an NBA playoff record for shots without a miss as he scored 33 points to spur the comeback win. Second quarter, at some point or something like that, I told Coach, I said, I'm going to get aggressive. You know what I mean? I told him that. And then coming out the third quarter, I sort of saw how the game was going. I think we was down 10, so, you know, I had to try to sort of force the issue. Paul's backcourt partner, Devin Booker, returned to action after missing the previous three games with a hamstring injury. I feel that our talent, you know, and our execution and, and our team, you know, has been experienced enough in those situations where, you know, we're comfortable with it and, you know, if we miss a shot, we miss a good look. We don't worry about it. We go to the other end and know it's a must-stop mentality. Booker's three-point shot with 142 left gave Phoenix the lead for good. He finished with 13 points. Brandon Ingram led the Pelicans with 21 points. The Dallas Mavericks advanced to the second round of the playoffs for the first time since they won the NBA title 11 years ago by knocking out the Utah Jazz 98-96 in Game 6. The Jazz literally had a shot to force a Game 7, but Boyan Bogdanovich missed a three-point attempt at the final buzzer. Utah had a 12-point lead at halftime, but the Mavs outscored the Jazz by 17 in the third quarter to turn the game around. Luka Doncic scored 24 for Dallas, as did fellow guard Jalen Brunson. Big moment for us, for guys that have been around for a while. Um, finally get over that hump. Um, we're happy about it. I mean, for the rest of today, we'll be happy about it. Um, but, I mean, starting tomorrow, I mean, we got a, we got a big task at hand. Donovan Mitchell led the Jazz with 23. I'm Tom Merriam. Thanks, Tom. Let's take a look at the matchups in the second round of the NBA playoffs. The Dallas Mavericks will play the top-seeded Phoenix Suns. That series is scheduled to begin on May 2nd. Also on May 2nd, the Philadelphia 76ers will play the Miami Heat. And in a series that begins on Sunday, May 1st, the Boston Celtics will take on the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. And in the final second-round series, the Golden State Warriors await the winner of the Memphis Grizzlies-Minnesota Timberwolves series. Memphis leads three games to two, and Game 6 is later Friday night. 
Meanwhile, the NBA fined two Miami Heat players and the team itself a total of $55,000 because of two incidents in Miami's series-clinching win over the Atlanta Hawks earlier this week. Markeith Morris was fined $25,000 for interfering with live gameplay while on the bench. Jimmy Butler was fined $15,000 for what the league described as an obscene gesture. And the Miami team itself was fined an additional $15,000 for turning a video of the gesture into a social media post. Hey, sports fans, join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny and on Twitter at VOA Sunny Sports. It's the sunny side of sports right here on The Voice of America. April 29th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in and have a nice weekend. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.